This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 134 of Small Talk. Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman are here with you. Hello to our podcast audience and hello to our YouTube audience. And we need to open this week apologizing to the Shelleys. I don't know about you, Steve. I had a lot of DMs over the weekend from OG Shelleys wondering why we didn't have a podcast last week. It was the rare, rare miss from us, but we had some stuff going on. Yeah, I think it was the week of mourning for you and also me because, I mean, Illinois out in the second round to Sister Jean. And honestly, that game, I texted you. I gave you a day, by the way. I didn't even text because <laughs> I didn't text you right away because I hate those people that are like, oh, as soon as something bad happens, be like, oh, what about Michelle? Oh, my God. I gave you a day. And then yeah, I think we were talking the next day. I was like, hey, you know, you know, by the way, tough loss to Sister Jean, which, by the way, you guys were clearly the second best team in that game. And that was the probably yeah. this. I watched one and a half Illinois games all season. The first one was the opening round game because that game was terrible. Obviously, it was a blowout. And the one game I actually watched was this one. And they, you would talk them up all season, how this big guy was Shaq and they had this awesome team. And it was so amazing. <laughs> and they lost to a guy who looked like, uh, he looked like the guy in super troopers with that mustache. And he was just balling out there. He had terrible hair and a mustache. And he was just telling people the guy in Loyola, I don't even remember his name, the guy in Loyola. Cameron Crotwig. Cameron Crotwig. Yes, you, know you know what, Steve? He looks like a young John Candy with a joke he, up his sweater sleeve. That's that what he looks like. That's a better description. Yes. And you lost to that guy. You know, that guy was balling out on you, just dropping dimes left and right. It was amazing. It was honestly amazing to watch. And I'm selfishly mad at you because I picked Illinois to win the damn title. And I told you before, I picked Gonzaga to win every single year and they haven't done it, but I know they're going to, and this was probably the best year. And Gonzaga is hundred percent going to win the title this year. So the one year I don't pick Gonzaga is the year that they're going to actually pay it off and win it. You know, I blame myself. I'm wearing the L for this one so hard, Steve. It's ridiculous. And I said this on my radio show, but deep within the chambers of my heart, I knew that this would happen because this just doesn't You should let me know. This just doesn't happen to Illinois. Steve, I was mesmerized. I was enchanted even by Mm -hmm. this team. They had all of the pieces for a fairy tale run. It felt like this was Illinois' year in 2005. End of the regular season, they play Ohio State. Ohio State beats them on a buzzer beater this year. Same scenario, except for Illinois beat them. It just seemed like all of these magical things were lining up for them to win. And after the Big Ten tournament, there is no one that could tell me they weren't the best team in the country. They were firing on all cylinders. But you know what, Steve? Good things like that don't happen to me. Good things like that are never going to happen to me. (laughs) And I don't know why I torture myself, why I buy in, why I believe. And I personally apologize to any Shelly that listened to this podcast and let my enthusiasm for Illinois have you picked them as a national champion only to bust your bracket. And you know what? This is something that would happen to me. I would have a magical team that is capable of winning the national championship for the first time in 16 years and get bounced by a hundred year old nun with the ear of the Lord with a scouting report, Steve, with a direct scouting report in her prayer for the pregame. I would get bound, Steve, by a guy who, yes, I mentioned looked like a young John Candy, also looks like he's in the late 80s going through his second divorce Mm -hmm. and he's playing pickup hoops at the YMCA so he can play. Love that guy. I love Cameron Many a pickup game with that guy. I said on my show, when I watch Cameron Crutwig play, I can smell icy hot. Like he looks like an adult man who smells like icy hot. And I love him. I love Sister Jean. I love Porter Moser. I love... Cameron Crutway. I couldn't even hate this team. So I'm not mad at anyone except for myself. And I apologize. 
Because I actually, I do have one subset of people I'm mad at. Can I reveal this? Oh yeah, please. So I live, Steve, as you know, in St. Louis, Missouri, but I'm an Illinois girl. I'm from the Illinois side of the river, which is a very important distinction. I do not identify Missouri at all. I never cheer for Mizzou, oh, but I, I never cheer <laughs> against Mizzou. I love Conzo Martin. I love Eli Drinkwith. I never cheer against Mizzou. I just don't actively cheer for them, but their fans make it so incredibly hard for me to like them. As soon as Illinois lost, Steve, it wasn't people who were like, F you, you busted my bracket. It's Mizzou Tiger fans in my mentions being like, ha ha ha, you suck. The Big Ten sucks. I'm like, you got bounced in the first round. We made it one more round long. I was going to say. And hit me up when you win something because you have it. And I was like, this is the thing about Mizzou fans. So many of them, not all of them, I don't want to generalize them, have such a disproportionate sense of self. It is unbelievable. So to all the Mizzou fans who tried to troll me, the joke is actually on you. I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick here to Mizzou either because I have I nothing you, Mizzou. I'm sorry. I don't care or not. I don't hate you or love you. I don't care. I nothing you. But what's the <laughs> last thing? What's the last good thing that Mizzou Athletics had? Was it Chase Daniel? Like, I don't, what else? What was there that Mizzou could hang their hat on to make fun of Illinois? Because if we're being honest, even though it was 16 years ago, that Illinois team, I mean, is memorable. The one that lost the national title game. Well, sorry, Michelle, to bring up the bad news. But okay. like at the end of the day, like that's way more of an accomplishment than anything Mizzou did. I hate the fans of lesser teams or even if it's a rival, right? Say like, I don't know, Duke and Carolina, right? Say like Duke lost in the national championship game and Carolina lost in the first round. Carolina fans be like, oh, Duke sucks. Can't believe you guys lost in the title game. It's like they were in the title game. What are you guys talking? <laughs> you guys lost in the first round. What kind of shit talk is this? Does it doesn't make any sense. You guys are nothing to us. So this isn't a, a referendum on Mizzou fans. No, I don't know not. many Mizzou fans, right. but I know that type of fan to totally. immediately just try to put another fan base down because you're not good enough. I hate, I hate that fan. It's terrible. And it's every fan base works. has them. So it's not even just you guys. Oh, hundred percent. Just where I live, I get it from you're Mizzou fans. So like, for instance, one guy sent me this long message and he was like, you are such a fraud. Illinois was such a fraud. Mizzou. Why are you a fraud? <laughs> you didn't I, lose. Because I was cheering yeah. for my school, I guess. And he's like, Mizzou beat Illinois in the bragging rights game. Ha ha ha. And I literally wrote him back and I go, you referencing an early season game and a rivalry game as your point of contention here tells me all I need to know about you. Like yeah. every team develops as the season goes on. If that's like the crux of your argument, bye. But it was just amazing to me, Steve. Like I never really am out there with my fandom of teams. Like I said, I cover the Cardinals and the Blues. I want St. Louis to win. Mm -hmm. If the Cardinals lose, I don't lose any sleep over it, right? Like I want St. Louis as a whole to win, but I love Illinois, like it's my school. And it was incredible how many people were cheering for them to lose because they didn't want to see me happy. They lied in the weeds. They laid in wait with the DM, like at the, one guy Steve sent me a bunch of DMs where he was copying and pasting quotes that I had said on Twitter and he was like what what about this now I'm like okay this is what you're doing with your Sunday afternoon get a life I was gonna poo-poo that guy and that guy the general guy all the people that are coming at you because they want to see you unhappy which is stupid but I do that to some extent I have to admit now I don't think it's quite the extent of oh I want to see this person unhappy but I root against certain teams because their fan bases are super annoying I'm not saying Illinois fan base is annoying but right like I root against Syracuse because we work with a million Syracuse people and they all, I'm sorry, you guys are all super annoying. I don't care about Syracuse. And also can any college coach, you put, they play the two, three zone every year. How hard is it to figure it out? It's unbelievable. 
We have a textbook of evidence of how to beat them, and people don't. It's crazy. every year. It's like, oh, I don't know. Syracuse, make sure the Sweet 16 because nobody knows how to outshoot a zone <laughs> or like find the soft middle. It never changes. Every anyway, I've got. I don't even want to go down this. But there are fan bases that I root for or root against because their fans are just annoying in general. SEC fans, I was like that for a while because it's like, cool. SEC fan thinks they're the best at everything. Oh my God, it's amazing. I would constantly root against SEC schools. Sorry if you're an SEC person. I just, you got kind of annoyed because you guys were rooting for the conference. It was so annoying. I'm not going Danny Cannell on you here, but if rooting for the conference is super lame. Like you wouldn't root Michelle for Ohio State if they were in the championship game, be like, Big Ten power, let's go. No, you would not do that. That's stupid. So I do root against people, but not because I want to see them unhappy. It's mostly because they just annoy me on Twitter and things like that. But are you, Steve, the second the final buzzer goes, going to be in their Never. DMs? No, come on. come on. That's I'm a big thing for me. It's like, listen, if you don't like Illinois or you don't like me, that's fine. But to put the time and energy into sending me a DM and the immediacy of Illinois losing, that's like, here are all the things you said. Ha, ha, ha. I hate you because I went to Mizzou and you went to Illinois. I'm like... Illinois doesn't care about Mizzou. Nope. Like we don't care. Nope. I know. And that's <laughs> like, sad. Illinois doesn't have a proper rival. We don't, we are just existing because we're not that great at anything. We're just that's a point. Yeah, you happy guys to don't. be there. You know, like you know, we're not Ohio... shit talkers. We don't oh, care. Ohio State's not your rival, you know, obviously. You know, no, they really tried no... to make it Northwestern forever. And it's like, fetch, no, Steve. It's no, not going to happen. No, it's never North... going to happen. Yeah. And Northwestern's another one. Shouts out to Randy Scott. Love you. But all the oh, Northwestern right. alums, I mean, geez, you guys have like a good five-year stretch and everyone's this massive like greeny and all that i mean love you greeny but god no i'm sorry so i root against northwestern too there was a, uh, i root against the heat a lot because you know and again sedano love you too and it's not necessarily sedano but there's a lot of people down there in miami that think that heat are god's gift to basketball and it's like <laughs> can you guys yeah, relax you traded it's not okay yeah you got victor oladipo great he only said he wanted to go to two teams and nobody else wanted him because he's he's been terrible all season long so yeah okay maybe that changes the balance of the power in the east like everyone's saying oh pat riley did it again or this guy said he was only going to sign with the heat and he's been terrible all season long i don't know i've gone on another rant here but the heat add them to the list of teams that i root against okay wait speaking of basketball part of the reason that we couldn't do the pod last week it wasn't actually because no. i was in mourning i bounced back pretty quickly i had my day where i aired it out on the show and then i was like this is my life. I have come to terms. I'm at acceptance. This is going to be my life. The team that I love the most is likely never going to win. And when they do, I'm going to be six feet under. And that's fine. That is fine. But you actually had a taping that, oh, Taylor Twelman's coming up on the pod. We have Taylor Twelman with us. We're so excited. The number one Amazing. overall pick, obviously, in the ESPN personality, Airbnb for 72 hours draft, which is the longest draft title of all time. But we're going to talk to Taylor Twelman here in a second. So we had taped with Taylor last week and we were going to do the rest of the pod, but then Saruti got pulled because he's a, you know, has a big fancy job now with the bringer and Steve's a busy, busy guy. He's a busy guy, but the NBA trade deadline was happening last week, which is probably part of the reason that you were busy. And I was thinking about this. I have not watched NBA in a long time. I'm a postseason NBA person, right? Because we don't have a team here. So I don't have the time when I'm watching Cardinals and Blues. I'm so out of the loop with the NBA. Players are changing teams with such a high frequency in the NBA that I'm like, wait, that guy plays for who? And I was thinking about this. I don't even know, Steve, if right now I could name 25 NBA players. I probably could name them, but I don't know if I could identify what teams are. And then I was like, I wonder if Steve could name 25 baseball players. No. Well, do you want to try? I just did that meme, by the way. Um, yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> I didn't even realize. I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, Wait, can you try to name 25 baseball players? I just yeah, like, really yeah, want to see if you yeah, can do this. Okay. Because it, I thought it was interesting because oh, my whole thought I think process I can. here 
you and I are in sports, right? And I think I could name 25 basketball players and I would have a better chance of doing that than you would 25 baseball players, which just illustrates how much more the NBA is in our common sports periphery. You could name 25 NBA players very easily. Should I, I think. Should we try to do this? I think you could easily. I'd be stunned if you couldn't. I think what players on what team would be funny, a funnier ex- yeah. exercise for you. That's like when on TNT, when they do Barkley, when they, what do they do? They show, uh, is it a picture of a guy? And they ask Barkley to say, or Shaq and Barkley <laughs> to say what, what his name is or what team he plays for. And they, they yeah. never have any idea. So those guys work in the league. I mean, pro- the problem with the NBA is like, and I love the NBA, but it's, it's a transactional league, right? That's what's part right. of the excitement. And the regular season kind of gets lost in that, but I'm trying to think of a good person who you might not know who they play for. Do you pay attention to the trade deadline at all? Well, I just saw a bunch of headlines and I saw everyone being like Woj bombs and I saw the Woj Salt Bay memes and they were like, oh my God, at the end this league, the NBA does it again, a million people changing teams. And I'm like, I don't even know who plays for who anymore because it happens so fast. Let me think, of, hold on, let me, I'm going to pull up ESPN.com and I want to think, okay. I want to think of a good person to do this with because I don't want to okay. name someone that just got traded because I feel like that'll be at the front of your mind. Okay. How about, what if oh, I you just, know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Okay. JJ Reddick. Oh, He's not with Philly anymore, right? Nope. That was two teams ago. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, two teams ago, eh? Yep. Is it in the East or the West? He is in the West. Is it Sacramento? It is not Sacramento. Kind of okay. close. I'm breaking the rule. He just got traded. He just got traded. Where? Where? Well, he was with the Pelicans. Okay. Got, that was he, my next guess. He just got <laughs> traded from the Pelicans to... The Warriors? No. Who? You're never going to guess it. He's on the maps. He got traded to the maps. Oh, what? I would yeah. never guess that. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. What about, do you, okay, know, you, know, you know where Chris Paul plays, right? He plays, Chris Paul plays for Brooklyn. No. <laughs> what? Wait, hold on, hold on. Chris Paul Are you thinking plays, of James Harden? Does Chris Paul play for Washington? No, that's Russell Westbrook. Okay, yeah, Russell Westbrook got traded there. Um, Chris Paul plays. This is, I thought this was an easy one. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, but I'm naming Western like, Conference team. Okay, Chris. Paul. Okay, so he got traded from the Clippers to the. Or I'm sorry, he got traded from the, the Rockets, Rockets. Remember to the Rocket. But, but he then was but, on the Rocket. But remember, he and James Harden broke up, right? And then they yes, both got right, traded. Right. But, what, right. but he got traded to a team, and then he's on another team now. Wait, uh, yeah, another one. <laughs> the, the yeah, the Rockets were. The Rockets were two teams ago. The Clippers were three teams ago. In two calendar years? Yeah. He played one year for this team last year, and then he's, and then he got traded to the team he's currently on. Okay. Does he play for... I'll give what you the is... team. They're both Western Conference teams. Oh, he plays for Phoenix. He plays for he Phoenix. He plays for Phoenix. With Devin Booker. With Devin yep. Booker. Yes. Yep. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And he played and for OKC know. before that. Remember, he was the, right. he actually brought OKC to the playoffs, which is wild. Everyone, they had a pretty weird roster. Um, let me do one okay. more. This is actually pretty fun. Uh, Wait, hold on. Can I, can I just name you NBA yeah. players that I know? And I'll tell you what. 25? Let's, okay, let's just see if I could do it. Okay, Oof. this is, I'm like so nervous. Okay. Okay, okay ready? <clears throat> LeBron, AD, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Giannis, KD, um, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler. That's 10. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Luka Doncic. We've got Tyler Hero. Random, but okay. <laughs> uh, Blake Griffin. Yep. You um, know where he plays for? Probably because he, he got traded. He, he was with Detroit and mm-hmm. then he got moved to Brooklyn. Correct. 
<laughs> You're back. She is back, folks. Okay, okay, wait. I'm losing my concentration. Kawhi. Mm -hmm. Kawhi. Uh, I know there's some ball brothers in the league. Is Lonzo still around? Lonzo, <laughs> yeah, Lonzo is still around. I think it's his fourth oh, year in the uh, league. Yep. Okay, so how many is that? 15? That's 15. Okay, okay. So we've Ten got more. his brother is... Oh, is Carmelo Anthony still around? Carmelo is still in the league. And okay. his brother and is LaMelo. Okay, who just got hurt on sadly. LaMelo oh. is legitimately nasty. It's wild. And he plays for Charlotte, right? Yep. Oh He's God. really freaking good. Okay, Jalen Brown. That's, yep. Okay. Okay. How many more do I need here? Oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to get 25 baseball players. How many more do I need? Uh, seven. You could do this. Come on. N nobody on the Magic. You probably don't know Magic. Half their team just got traded. Oh, so my God. Fun. Zion. Hello, Zion. Zion. Okay. Okay. Is Ben Simmons still on, in the league? Yep. Of course Is he's still in the league. Yeah. So Joel you have five Embi more. Joel Embiid. Yep. Um, is Markel Fultz still in the league? He is. He's hurt, <laughs> but he's he's in. What up, Magic? Okay, okay, okay. Three so more. How many more do I need? Three more. I'm so nervous. This is insane. Chris, is Porzingis still in the league? Porzingis is still in what? Of course, these guys are in the league. Where would they be? I see. I don't know if they're injured. He's like 25. But... Anyway, well, even if they're injured, they're still in the league. Like Fultz is injured, but anyway, okay. go ahead. Two more. Okay. Two more. Okay, I'm trying to think. Oh, Devin Booker. I didn't say. Yep. And then one more. Oh, oh, Paul George. That's 25. It was a bit of more of a struggle than I thought it was going to be. And now I'm like, no way am I going to be able to name 25 baseball players. Oh. Colton Wong, Matt <laughs> Carpenter. Um, um, is Phil Hughes still in the league? I don't know why that came to my mind. Steve, come on. He actually, he liked a tweet of mine one time. It counts. Uh, is he still in the league? Yeah. Let's see. Let's Phil see Hughes. That. He used to be on the Yankees. I like that guy. Uh, Mike Trout. That's four. Rizzo's five. And they give me his first name. Anthony. Yes. And Phil Hughes is not in the league anymore. Okay. So I only have four. Um, Chris Bryant. That's five. Okay. Uh, is John Lester still in the league? Yes. Uh, Mookie Betts. Seven. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Strasburg, Bryce Harper. Yes. That's nine. Um, yes. Who's that pitcher for the Red Sox? Used to play for the White Sox. Tall and skinny. Chris Sale. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you're at 10. Man, this is not fun. <laughs> uh, Nolan Arenado. Yes, Steve. Yes. Um, Come is, on. Is Troy Tulowitzki still in the league? No, uh, Tulowitzki retired. Naming former Rockies. <laughs> uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Thank right? you, Steve. Yes. Oh, uh, what's his name? Clayton Kershaw. So that's 13. Yes. Right. So how many is that you had? 13? Because Tulowitzki. 13. Gone. Yep. Because I named Kershaw. Uh, Longoria, right? Is he still in the league? Oh, Manny Machado. That's 15. I need 10 more. I need 10 more. I could do this. Can I? I don't know. Uh, oh, who's the MVP? Um, guy plays for the uh, Brewers. Skinny dude. Oh, come on. You got this. Thanks. Skinny dude. Uh, come on. You got this. I'm looking at his I can't think of his name. I'm looking at his face right now. I know his face. Damn it. Uh, okay. Who are some of the East teams? Hey, think of. Oh, um, I didn't even name any Yankees, right? Uh, what's yes, his name? Judge. There you go. What's up, okay. 16? 
Yeah, so I need nine more. Um, who else is on his team? Giancarlo Stanton. There you go. I don't Seven know. Two. Any is Aroldis Chapman still in the league? <laughs> he was a Yankee once, right? Chapman's still with the Yankees. Hell yeah. So I need eight more. Okay. Can I give you a hint? Yeah. I think there's people that I know you know play for the Cardinals that have been there for a long time. Oh, Yadier Molina. That's what, 19? Uh, 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 Hayward. Jason Hayward. Right? Isn't there a Hayward? He's played <laughs> yes, for the Cardinals. Really. Okay, I could do, I could do this. Um, <laughs> who are, well, any teams that I don't – what are teams that I haven't said yet? Okay, who is the face of baseball right now? He's young. He's exciting. He's Mike on the cover. No, no, no. He's on the cover of all the video games. I have no idea. He plays on the West Coast. His dad also played. Oh, is it uh, Tony Gwynn Jr.? No? (laughs) You're so close. His dad also played. Same. Oh, Vlad. Vlad Jr. Okay, well, there's one, but that's not who I was talking about. Okay, I need five more. But, okay. He. Who are you talking about? Dad played. What What team does he play for? The Padres. His dad played. His dad was a Cardinal pass you're not gonna get it i know i'm, I'm okay. I, I, I i probably do know i just can't think of it once i tell you do you want me to just tell you but it doesn't count yeah fernando tatis jr oh yeah i wouldn't got that um, okay what about you named okay you might not know this i'm trying to think of star guys you would know okay you named yeah na- who is the pitcher for the cardinals that he's been with for 20 years that is still back this year is it another carpenter no, right there was one there was chris carpenter but he's retired but who else he you gosh i thought maybe you would just know no i need i need teams that i haven't named players from yet okay what about oh oh uh, uh we got plays for the pirates mccutcheon doesn't okay. play for the pirates anymore right does, does not, he no no yeah no. okay like, four great job. uh garrett cole Think you mentioned Strasburg. Who's the other stud pitcher? Of the oh, Scherzer. Two more. I uh, see, but I'm, help, I'm helping you. But still, no, this is fine. How many more do you need? Two. Two. Okay. What about any Marlins? I don't know. Are there any? Who? What are teams? No, Tampa Bay Rays that I know. Sean Shields, Sam Shield, whatever his name was. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Do you remember who the Cardinals traded to the Tampa Bay Rays that was on fire during the postseason? Mm-mm. Okay. Um. I'm trying to think. What are some central teams? Oh, okay, oh, okay. For the Brewers. Oh, uh, Francisco Lindor. Okay, yes. Steve. One more. Okay, think about the MVP that you mentioned for the Brewers, okay? I if know. I give you his initials, will you get it? Probably. Z-Y. Maybe not. <laughs> Z-Y? Z-Y, Z-Y, Z-Y. Oh, I am, I'm looking at his face right now. <laughs> He's like a skinny dude, right? Yes, super skinny. Skinny ripped. What's the second letter of his last name? E. Why E? Why am I not getting this? It rhymes with the first part of the pronunciation of his name rhymes with smell. Of his last name? Yeah. I'm Christian you- Yelich. Yes! Bang! Yeah. Let's go! Yes! <laughs> 25. That was easy. We're back. That was... Think about that. We both work in sports, and that was a laborer for both of us to name 25 players. I could name yeah, Roma's entire roster right now. <laughs> and I can't name 25 baseball players. You did. You did it though. You did. I mean, with some help, but yeah. Did I miss any big NBA stars? I don't remember who, um, 
I think there you was. asked if Ben Simmons was still in the league. He's like 23. I don't so know. Yes, he's still in the league. Um, Who does he play for? Plays for the Sixers. He still does? Okay, good. Yeah. I don't know, Steve. Everyone's on the move. It's hard to keep track. No, I get that. The NBA, it's transactional league. It's actually part of the they, reason why I feel like people don't watch as much. Was he considered – were people considering trading him? Yeah, it was, it was okay. a rumor. Well, I think in the Harden trade, the Rockets wanted him back, and the you know the Sixers were like, absolutely not. And I think they probably could have got it done without Hart, without Ben, and Harden could have been a Sixer, which would have been wild to see the East, what it would look like if Harden was on the Sixers and not oh, the Nets. Oh, I didn't Nets. even say James Harden. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I think you thought Chris Paul was Harden because you you said Chris Paul was on the Nets. I was like, no, he's what? Well, I knew that there was someone from Houston that went to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, Ben Simmons is in the league and he's very young and he's, he still isn't shooting threes, but he's still pretty good either way. So where's Markel Fultz? Magic? He plays for the Magic, but he, he tore his knee, so he's out for the year. Magic, they're, he, they traded their entire team. They're tanking, so it's fun. Another year did of that. He, did he ever find a shot? Not really. It's better. He's actually a really good playmaker, good athlete, good, good. defender, disruptive. Not sure if he's ever going to be an all-star, but he's a good point guard. Yeah. Uh, good. He's a above average, maybe good point guard. Okay. Well, that was a fun exercise. That was wild. That- Sorry for wasting your room. I felt like that was like an hour. So I'm, I, we apologize, but it was fun. And I was fun in my eyes. I don't know. When you were saying certain guys, I was like, okay, I know Troy Tulowitzki retired, but 2020 has thrown me off with so many things. It was a truncated season. I'm like, who played, who didn't, you know, there were so many things that I feel like I got lost in the shuffle. Well, because of MVP 04 and 05, which is, I still say the greatest sports video game ever. I could probably name you more players in that video game than I could <laughs> name current baseball players. Like Eric Chavez used to love that guy in the game. He was awesome. <laughs> he was, he was the man. Oh, I'm pumped that you could name 25 baseball players. Even if you needed my help with it, I'm so proud of you. I didn't think I could get there. Once you struggled with NBA players, I was like, man, maybe I can't do this, but no, we got there. Christian Yelich took me a second, took me a couple of uh, initials and the pronunciation, but yeah, we're good. We got it. <laughs> and the word that rhymes with it. Okay. So before we get to Taylor Twelman, I need a Sopranos update from you. Yeah. So we missed it last week. So let's just do season one, because I think we were doing three episode increments and that's 12 and the first season's I think 13 episodes. So spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, just skip ahead a couple of seconds and, and we'll, we'll be over this, but uh, season one, again, I feel stupid for ever even doubting that the show wasn't great. It's great. It's one of the best shows I've ever watched, period. It holds up. It still looks dated, but I like the way that it, I like, I've, I've said this, I like the, the nostalgia that it brings me. I think the one takeaway that I have though is, so Tony at the end of season one, again, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched, stop. His family tries to have him kill his mom and his uncle, Uncle Junior, who is a weird looking dude, by the way. He looks like the guy from the from the Six Flags ad, but older. Um, but anyway, I digress. They both they try to kill Tony, and it was total bullshit. And Tony's life is you know all over the place and mayhem. His family is, is pissed at him. You know he's never safe. Yeah, he's a made man, and even though he's he has this high stature, he's never going to be safe. If I was him, I keep thinking, why not just leave? Enter witness protection. Maybe you don't have to give up all of your friends and do that, but move to the West Coast, get away, move to Italy, get out, just get right. out of here because you have right. enough money. You don't, what, do you, what else do you need in life? Your life's in danger. Your family hates you. Go live and relax because you're passing out every few seconds because you're so stressed out. If I was in Tony's shoes, I don't understand why he stays and continues this thing because obviously we know where the show is headed. Like I know what the end of the show is. Like everybody knows, even if you didn't watch it, but if I was him, I'd be out of there. If, especially if my mom tried to kill me, get the hell, I'm leaving. Right. I'm, I'm leaving I'm my entire to. life behind, period. Wait, 
I'm so sorry. I'm so distracted because I'm thinking of more NBA players in my head. I didn't say Steph. I didn't say Draymond. <laughs> I didn't say Clay Thompson. I didn't say Clay. Damian Lillard. I didn't say CJ McCollum. I didn't say Michael Porter Jr. or Myers Leonard. Now all of these people are coming to me. So I feel a Your little- boy, Myers Leonard in hot water. What's the, he's not a guy you want to associate with these days. But anyway. I realized that. I, I did see those headlines and I was like, ooh, went to Illinois. But- not a great, not a great, not great run great for, Illinois. For, for Illinois hoops. <laughs> Illinois hoops is we're not back, not back. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, as you're talking, I'm like listening to you, and I'm like, oh my god, you didn't name any of the Warriors. What are you well, doing? Clay's hurt, so I'll, I'll forgive that. I'll forgive that. But um, you should but probably Steph, name Steph. Draymond. You should probably I mean, I'm probably name Steph. Yeah. Well, you know, if the pressure gets on you, right? I know more NBA players, but if the spotlight was on, I felt the heat. Look how red I got. I was nervous. But you did it, so yeah, doesn't matter. Anyway, but you're right. If I was Tony, I would. But that's the, kind of the whole point. Like a lesser men, Steve, would have crumbled under the pressure. And Tony is just able to compartmentalize a lot of things and push past a lot of things. Well, I'll say this because the line is hilarious and it keeps getting repeated. It's essentially just the, just when I thought I was out, they suck me back in (laughs) that line. They pull me back in. That's probably what it is, right? You can't really ever get out of it. I understand it's not, it's easier said than done to leave the mob and leave the mafia, but I don't know. I would try to figure it out because that life is clearly not, it's not going to end in happiness for him. All those guys are miserable and they're beat up at the end of the life or they're going to be in jail. So if I was him, I try to figure it out. They get addicted to the power, Steve. And you know what? We're going to see if our guest, Taylor Twelman, is addicted to the power of being the number one overall pick in the ESPN personality Airbnb 72-hour trip draft or whatever it is we're calling it. What a segue. Well, I think professional I mean, broadcaster, Michelle. I really think that I could make a segue between any two topics or words. I really do. I do it every day on the We should do this I, game. We should. This okay. should be a game we do next, next pod. I name okay, two deal. random things and you have to connect them with a segue. Well, I just connected... The power of the Sopranos to Taylor Twelman. So I am up for the challenge. Hopefully I am a little bit better at that than naming 25 NBA players. <laughs> well, Sarudi and I are thrilled to welcome in our guest this week. You know him from ESPN. You know him, of course, from Sports Nation. But you know him on Small Talk as the number one overall pick in the ESPN personality house draft. Taylor Twelman is with us. Taylor, what does it feel like to be the number one overall pick in the personality draft? Uh, in all seriousness, it's expected, um, you know, when you're someone as, you know, when you look in the mirror and you just realize how cool you are and understand that Saruti recognizes the coolness and understands the cool. No, Thank seriously, you. when I heard it, no joke. When I heard it, I was like, someone's playing a joke. Is it April Fool's already? Like, are we sure that I was chosen first? And then I saw the house and immediately I was like, oh, yeah, this is the coolest house in the world. It's not even close. Thank you. Like, Michelle, with all due respect, first off, let's clear things up. Who invited Randy Scott to pick a house? <laughs> we was love he, Randy Scott. I love Randy Scott. Love him until he picked his house. And then I was like, ah. the house. He lives little... like five miles from me. And I'm like, I kind of want him to lose my number. <laughs> yeah. Well, he went very big time with his number one pick with A-Rod. <laughs> I, I knew it was all left once he picked A-Rod. <laughs> when he picked A-Rod, everybody else was like, don't pick me. <laughs> And his reasoning was insane because it's like, okay, J-Lo, you, J-Lo's not coming to your house, dude. I'm like, I'm sorry to break it to you. What possibly could she get out of that scene? And then we had the whole thing that they may or may not have broken up. They didn't actually break up. I don't need that drama in my house either. No. First off, they're taking all the air right out of the party. Exactly. Story. It's all about like, you just hit, Dude, you just hit the nail on the head. They're walking in and you're like, did I look at her? Did I make eye contact with her? Can I make eye contact? Did, like, 
can I do that? Is this real? Like, I, no, Randy, no. Totally. Anyways, his loss. Everybody at ESPN likes Randy, right? He's just, mm-hmm. he, he's a no drama guy. So we're thinking, okay, who better to be the third sort of wheel on this draft thing? But after the draft, I mean, I don't know. I think he was a distant third. With all due respect my to him man, and everybody he picked. Yeah, my man is a no drama guy. And my man has had a ton of drama during COVID. And then when he made the choice, I was like, oh boy, we got, I got to either go over there with an exorcist, look him in the mirror, get him together. Cause I'm like, Randy, we need to clean this up right now. We need to clean it up because your entire house is calling Saruti and I and Diana and Wood trying to get into our house. And that ain't going to work. I'll say this, Michelle, there because Michelle Taylor won the, the Twitter poll, which who knows yes. what that means. It came from your Twitter you know why? account. So it's very L. Duncan. L Duncan. Everyone loves L Duncan. Exactly. Now, it's because you tweeted it out, but here's the thing. Only, <laughs> Only one house, all three people were active on Twitter and pumped about it. It was my house. It was me, you, Rossini, okay, and no. Woody all tweeted about it and all were excited. So again, you may have won the Twitter poll, Michelle, but I feel like, no, no, I wouldn't change a thing about my draft. Uh, Michelle won the Twitter poll. However, we created the narrative, which goes to tell you who throws the better party. Who's the more fun house? Because everyone in Michelle's group was like, oh, cool. Meanwhile, Diana's already stirring stuff up, which is absolutely perfect, which is why I love her. Wood is the man. And my nickname isn't Stifler for a reason. So, like, <laughs> it, it's kind of, it writes itself. All right, we have to, well, we have to get into that. People actually call you Stifler. Is it because you're a partier? Is it because you kind of look like him? Wow, did I didn't know that. With, I feel like did I you sleep that. with a friend's mom? Uh, all three, maybe a yes. Wow. 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 <laughs> Listen, first off, back to the helps- third one. It helps my street cred. Um, actually, yeah, all three are yes. So <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I got to jump in here. Yes. You slept with a friend's mom. Give us the story. You don't have to reveal the I mean, friend. Was it in college? Was it after college? Did she get a divorce? No. She was cooking so, around town. How did so this go down? I, so the nickname starts, I'm going to say, <laughs> say freshman of college around that, around that time. And then, so naturally that comes in. The answer is no. Right. So, but I've got that. I've got the other two questions that you answered. Okay. That's fine. That's perfect. I'm loud. I've got it all down. Right. But then American pie two comes out and then it gets in. My brother ends up going to college. His nickname is Stifler as well. Mm. So then they meet me. It turns into Stifler's little brother. And then just, you know, kind of went from there. But then once you get older, and I'm not going to answer the question, Michelle, just because it kind of is better that way. Um, But yes, when my brother and I went to parties after he turned 18, it turned into Stifler and Stifler's little brother. And listen, when you tell your mom that, it's not a great compliment, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but in a weird way, my mom was proud. Yes, of course. (laughs) I don't know why. Okay. Well, Stifler, I need to ask you a question then. If you, instead of Randy Scott, are drafting your house, who is your number one pick in the ESPN personality house? Who is in Stifler, a.k.a. Taylor Twelman's house? Wow, that's such a good one. Um, hmm. I mean, listen, Scott Van Pelt and I go way back to Maryland Terrapins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Um <laughs> I'd argue Scott's probably going to be my first pick. Interesting. Yeah. So what you're saying is you want to come on over to my house because SVP's in my house. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. (laughs) Because, because here's the thing. It's a house. You asked my first pick. You didn't ask my complimentary picks until the draft happens. I don't know how that is. We have the best 
compilation of ESPN talent you can have. It's not even close. So you may have Scott, but the problem is Scott's going to look through the window and go, shit, I want to be over there. I want to be over there. Michelle makes great chocolate martinis and everything's fun. But why is that music so loud? Why is everyone there? Why are the cops partying with Saruti's house? Then it ends right there. Yeah, Damian Woody's dancing. I mean, it's a great time. Thanks. And Diana's Diana's running the show anyways. Totally. Bossing all of us around, which is perfect, right? My wheelhouse. I'm in. I Who else you... is in your house, Michelle? It's myself, L. Duncan, SVP, and Peyton Manning. Yeah, see, that's not bad, but there's a lot of dry humor in that. Yeah, we're going to be out joking. <laughs> <each other. laughs> are you guys going to be like, are you guys going to be playing like spades or hearts or something? A lot of dry humor, Saruti, in that. Here's, here's the problem. And I love Van Pelt as much as you love Van Pelt. But I think even Van Pelt would admit this. He's kind of a homebody. You know, he's yeah. not, you know, he's not really the Diana, you, Woody, like I know for a weekend, it's going down. We're getting after it. Oh, it's, it's, I don't know if Van Pelt would be invested. I don't know if he'd want to be there. I think he's he would, nice. He's the nicest guy you'll ever meet, but I'm not sure he's at that. He's just not like a partier at this point. I think he would admit that. Oh, no, no. He would tell you right away. However, if three of the four are partiers, he has no choice. Peer pressure. He's going to follow along. Yeah. Okay. He's very good. When peer pressure comes in play, no he doesn't way. like to be left out. That's very true. We know this. No, he does not, <laughs> which is why it works perfectly. If the other three, the other two that I pick, look him in the face and say, Hey, what are you going to do? And then he's like, Ah, oh, damn it. Well, Tom, I want to actually get into some soccer stuff. I feel like, you yeah. know, I've made Michelle a soccer fan. Well, Probably- I grew up playing soccer. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, but I've gotten you. So we did this exercise on the show where I gave her blind resumes or blind. What were they? Like they were almost like dating profiles. Michelle, yeah. It right? was a dating profile for an EPL team. Where was I for that? I know it was well, the best segment we've done. So Rudy, listen, who are you dating? Out. Who are you well, dating? Then? So Rudy. I, okay. So the one she picked, you'll probably be able to guess it, but I want to <laughs> give it to you just so if you can guess it, I think her bio was, she was kind of anonymous and for most of high school, right? And then one day she pops up and she's super hot and she wins Miss America. And everyone's like, holy shit, that girl's super hot now. What the hell happened? That's yeah. the team that Michelle picked. Who she's is that? All Who do you that. think that is? It was She's All That. She, it's Rachel Lee Cook in the red dress coming down the stairs. Oh, wow. I mean, I would have to guess Manchester City. Mm, okay, close, but no. Well, that kind of close. I think Manchester City, I think the one I did for that was it's like the guy who he buys everything. He's got multiple boats and he's got all these fair, like, things, fair, but nobody actually fair. likes him and nobody wants to go on his boat. Nobody wants to hang out with that guy. He just has all this stuff and he's, you know, that's he's basically very materialistic. That's very, that's a very good point. So then is it only top six? No, this one is outside the top six. So is it Leicester city? It, it yes. Is Leicester city. Yeah, okay. She is now, a, she's now a Foxes fan. Foxes. Which by the way, I love you two more than anything. Cause the fact that you guys did dating profiles and not the top six that Leicester City is a remarkable story. I just did their FA Cup quarterfinal. I love it, Michelle. Michelle, you just went up a notch in my book. It's Rudy, three notches because the creativity in that is genius. Because normally when people play these games in America, it's like, oh, let's just do the top six. It's like, no, no. Well, well I think I, I did. Want- I'm trying to think. I did. I included Leicester. I did the usual top six. I included Leicester. I included Everton. Great. Because I'm an Everton fan, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Everton you have Roma, to include them, though. I always say for people that ask, it's, 
I tell them to probably pick one of the rich clubs, one of the top six clubs, because your yeah, fandom is probably going to be easier. But Lester's kind of in that group now. So I was actually excited that she picked Lester because I love that. I don't I think there's that. a Jamie team Vardy, that fits you more than them. Yeah, they're kind of the scrappy underdog and, and they do. And I the have right a way. suspicion. Michelle, were you Rachel Lee Cook in high school in real life? <laughs> no, I never had the overall phase, Taylor. Come on. I didn't have to have the transformation. <laughs> well, because you were in Catholic school wearing uniforms every day. That's right. right. We never had that choice. <laughs> Can you imagine if me in Catholic school came to the dance in the red dress? Mm-mm, that would not happen. Uh, yeah, well, considering I did the Catholic high schools in St. Louis, um, yeah, you might have been my date. We would have got kicked out. (laughs) Definitely. But we would have had a great time. After party (laughs) would have been lit. All right, let's do this. Michelle, do you want me to take away the soccer stuff here? Because I'll just do it. Yeah, go ahead. I don't get an outlet. I got my buddies. I work. Sometimes I'll randomly text you. But and by the way, you were the second pick in the MLS draft, right? Yes. So so now you have first pick on your resume, too. So you're welcome for that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Which is harder? Being a professional soccer player or being a big wig media mogul like you are? Oh, God. Great question. I don't think either are that hard. Wow. <laughs> Mr. Talented over here. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, dust it off, right? Define hard, though. That's where I was going with this. Define well, hard. So they both probably came so naturally to you, right? You were no. an unbelievable athlete growing up. People don't yeah. necessarily know this. True, but that's not what I'm asking. That's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is define hard because – there's levels of heart. Physical, physical-wise, absolutely. It's playing any kind of pro sport, physically being in there and doing that. But I did it without social media, guys. Mm. So when I think of a pro athlete now dealing with social media, wow, because that's all I go to when you say doing media. I think of social media. If you don't have thick skin, you two know me very well. I have thick skin, so I, I can do that. But there's a lot of ex-players that when they retire, no matter what the sport, you meet them at ESPN and they get into media a little bit and then it comes into social media. They're like, I don't need to waste my time with this shit. I don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I so I ask you neither because for me, they're both very similar. Saruti, they're almost identical. One's physical, one's mental, but they're almost the same way. You've got to have thick skin. You've got to believe in yourself. But the other thing is you've got to take construct- constructive criticism. You two know better than me. There are very few people that are willing in this business that I do now willing to take constructive criticism and try to change and work at it. For me, it was like scoring goals. If I screwed up and messed up, I went to the coach or I went to teammates. and I was like, how do I fix this? So that's how I've embraced it. But I also had to because my career ended so shortly. Um, But for the sake of the game, I'm going to say being in the media is harder. Which one do you like better? Oh, I miss it. It's a great question. I am so lucky to do this because if you would ask me when I was playing, I would have said, I'm not doing media. I hate the media and I'll never do the media. <laughs> Wait, so that's been the biggest surprise. The media? Um, I didn't trust them, but more so, let me rephrase it. I didn't trust myself with media. <laughs> okay. When your Nick, when your nickname is Stifler <laughs> and you're constantly being asked questions. I was nervous that I was going to say something that would go directly to the bulletin board and I was going to piss off a teammate, piss off an opposition, piss off my coach. And so I was the bold Durham. I was the worst interview ever. I hated giving interviews, but man, I miss playing. I never got to finish my career, Rudy and yep. Michelle. So I, I still, I still miss that, but I just, I love doing this because I feel like it gives me a taste of that. Good you, had one, you had one of the greatest rants in, I mean, definitely in sports media history, probably media history. It's like you and 
what is it the bill o'reilly like fuck it we'll do it live it's like you that's you and him with the what are we doing and i was what screaming, are we doing i was screaming with you i know a lot of people probably knew you who weren't soccer fans or whatever but they saw this rant from you of just screaming what are we doing after we missed we the u.s men's national team missed the 2018 world cup do people just randomly run up to you on the street and yell that at you now how big of a deal was oh that? yeah because it was awesome <laughs> First off, what a surreal, you guys know the control room of the new building at ESPN for Sports Center. There's like nine, t- 10 TVs. We've got Messi and Argentina down one zero, eight minutes into their game. They may miss the World Cup. We've got all this. And, and there's like six people in the room. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, U.S. has it. And then Trinidad scores. Them, and then you're like, huh, huh. And then Panama scores a goal that doesn't happen. Then all of a sudden the room's filled with 20, 21 people. And they're all looking at me. And then the game's end. Max Bredos is crying. He's looking at me. He, he goes, he dude, crying? we got to go. He was, he was literally crying. Oh, hard, hardcore. Wow. Like bottom lip quivering, tears coming out. Couldn't, wow. couldn't control himself. And, and then he looked at me. He's like, dude, we got to go on TV in like four minutes. Now, you guys know this better than anyone. There was a college basketball game or something on. So we couldn't go on ESPN. So they put us on ESPN News. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I said to Max, I go, Max, we're on ESPN News. We're fine. Just he goes, well, what are we going to talk about? I go, I don't know, but just get it to me and we'll see what comes out. We'll be fine. So I do it. Best accomplishment of my life. I did not say the F word. Yes. I mean, how do I go through that and not say the F word once? It's absurd. So I leave immediately. I'm like, oh God, I don't, I don't even know what I said, but I was like, thank God I didn't say the F word. And then it sinks in where you're like, we didn't qualify for the World Cup. How pathetic is this? And then I look at my phone 10 minutes later and I'm going to my car to leave because traditionally it's like, oh, Taylor's done. Uh, it's Bill Hallheimer. We've got a hotel for you and you're going to do this, this, and this. I did 37 shows. Wow. It ran in 143 or 145 countries. And the end of that day, so I did not sleep that night because I had to be in for Mike and Mike at God knows whenever. It wasn't even Mike and Mike then actually. Right. I think it was whatever the radio and it, it was Golden Wingo. It, and I did it from then all the way to Scott Van Pelt's show at night and taped it. I was exhausted. I was knackered, the whole thing. Um, but it was as real as I've ever been without dropping any kind of curse word. So I'm proud of that. I didn't say it, but it also sucks that that's the moment so many people recognize not me, but the sport with it. Cause I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. Let's turn that but on the other hand. Let's turn that around sucked. though. Yeah, we did. No, we did. But let's turn that around, actually, because we have sort of risen. And I say we like I'm some sort of like I'm part of this thing. But I guess I think it's acceptable to say we when it's the national team because you're part of the country. So I'm going to say we absolutely we have sort of risen like a phoenix out of 2018 and 2018 World Cup, really. And it's almost been a I don't want to say it was a good thing, but it's created a brighter future for the sport. And obviously a sport that you love. And I'm going around and telling everybody, I'm telling Smallman, I'm telling my friends, I'm telling my mm-hmm. wife, I'm telling my employers. There's something building here. There's something growing, there right? Yep. But the problem is, is that all the people that aren't in it, like you and I, don't watch or yep. whatever, have heard this before, right? They're like, oh, all right, I've heard, okay, dude, I've heard soccer. Or the they basically just on the World Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they've heard, oh, hey, soccer's the next big thing in America. Cool. They've been hearing that for 20 years. I get that. But I do feel... Like this is a different time in history with the amount of people that are playing overseas. I think it's like 56 guys, right? Are playing in major European yeah. leagues, which is insane. Playing for large clubs. You've got large yeah. clubs like Barcelona that are genuinely interested in American talent. My club Roma just signed uh, Brian Reynolds from FC Dallas. I mean, it's a big deal. Convince 
the people that might be skeptical why this time is different to them. Because I'm with you. The difference is we there are more scouts from around the world that the top 10 clubs in the world in the United States than there are in Africa right now. It's never happened before in their lives. So I will tell you right now, and I said this in 2018, the United States wasn't going to play in the World Cup. But I said, when I've heard from five or six big major scouts in Europe tell me that there's going to be 30 Christian Pulisics in Europe in the next five years. And I said that. And the thing is, everyone criticized me when I said it. Well, here we are. So Junior Dust, Weston McKinney. I can go up and down the line. Chris Richards, Tyler Adams. I mean, not, not just playing in Europe. They're playing Champions League. They're with Bayern Munich. These are the biggest clubs in the world going after Americans. Now, it's one thing to have talent, which I will argue with anyone now. We've got that. But do we have it? where it all comes together in one collection, we don't know because the goddamn pandemic threw a massive wrench into this thing. And so I am not going to judge this. Obviously, I'm going to critique it. I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to look at the World Cup in 2022. But if, if the United States does it right, it's when the World Cup is in 2026. What does that team look like? So Rudy, I'm not sure anyone that's been in the business for 30 years of soccer can actually answer that question because we've never had the caliber of player playing at the highest club in the world. And if they could do that for six straight years, Jesus, dude, those players are in the prime of their career. We've never had that. American players are always in the World Cup at the end of their career. They're never in the prime. All these guys are going to be in the prime. That's how I would sell it. That's how I would sell it because it's the world of unknown that for everyone, including myself, can look at you guys and say, I've never seen this either. So let's see what happens. But They've got to be somewhat successful in 22. Otherwise, my man, mm-hmm. that debacle in 18 is going to be even greater. I'm with you. And I think this is the most unique time in U.S. soccer history where it's potential. It could be the golden generation. We don't know. Everyone likes to throw that term around. Like Belgium's in theirs right now. Everyone, England yep. has one every couple of years. and Everyone's excited about it and whatever. They think it's one now. This is certainly the, the potential to be the biggest but thing. So, Rudy, world. we're hosting the World Cup with yep. Mexico, Canada. Michelle is in a city where I grew up, she grew up, that is going to have a world-class stadium training facility in downtown, and they're not getting a World Cup game. There's going to be 20 soccer cities in the United States of America that will not get a World Cup game. Dude, in 94, they were basically begging to see how they could build this World Cup and put it together. You're now going to basically turn away 20 soccer cities with soccer-specific stadiums. Training facilities say no. Like St. Louis is going to be at the forefront of it because countries around the world are going to say, I need St. Louis to train. Dude, soccer is going to – it's actually going to blossom – unlike 94 when they didn't have anything. See, so Rudy, what you're trying to sell is what everyone was trying to sell in 94. Dude, it didn't work. There was nothing there yet. You still were building it. All of these people and teams and players around the world are going to show up in the United States of America and go, holy shit, you guys got this already? It's a massive difference, dude. Because now the foundation's there, then you can build the house upon it. That's where it's going to be different in 26 versus 94. Are you jealous of all these guys playing in Europe now? What do you think your mm-hmm. career would look like? Would it be different? Because you went to college, obviously you went to Maryland. Um, do you think you would have yeah. went the Pulisic route? Do you think you would have went to college? Would you gone straight to Europe? Would you have gone to MLS first? How would this have changed your career if you grew up now instead of when you did in the late so 90s? It's a real good question. I, I don't want to bore the listeners because we'll lose them. But 1997, I literally, my dad got a phone call. I was a junior at St. Louis University High School. And I just got done 
with a pretty, I scored 40 some odd goals and everyone, I got a, my dad got a call from Liverpool. Do you have any, and that was at a time when do can you get a passport through the grandparents? Okay. We don't have anyone over there. So the answer was no. What's Twelman? What what's your heritage? So Twelman's German, but the great grandfather came over. So my grandfather fought World War II for the United States. He was, There's no German passport on there. But my mom's side had a Dutch grandmother that may have worked. So we went through the paperwork. It didn't work, whatever. Um, but baseball was such a huge part of my life. It's hard for me to answer that question. But now, right now, someone would have came to me at age 16, 17 at St. Louis U High and said, what do you want to do? And I would have looked at it and said, I got to go. My dad, my dad played 10 years, dude. So mm-hmm. he would have looked at it and said, if Polistic's over there, if all these guys are going over there, I think we got to go. So I probably would have done what Josh Sargent did, right? I would have left St. Louis and, and given it a shot. But that was a long time ago where it's kind of hard. But to be jealous, it's impossible to be jealous because we all envision this. I'm not jealous. I just kind of wish it came sooner because I feel like we've been doing this already. Like Sarudi and Michelle, people forget the 2002 World Cup team was a good team was a really good team, but there was no options to go over because you couldn't get over there. See, no one had changed the EU rule. So it's hard to be jealous because it was almost impossible for us to get over there due to the rules. Well, it worked out for you. Um, and I know I, plus I'm better than them. <laughs> do you, well, I'm just kidding. No, I want to ask you, and cause then I want to turn over to Michelle, but is there anybody that reminds you of you now, a player that you watch and go, Oh, that guy is, I could see my game in him. Oh, that's a, I don't, I, don't say Mbappe, but no, God, are you kidding me? You've ever <laughs> watched me play Jesus. <laughs> um, I idolized myself after Alan Shear and Rude Van Nistel. So that's, those are the two players that I watched game in and game out and tried to take parts of their game and bring it in. Um, Josh Sargent is very similar body build style, the way he kind of plays. I was a little bit more, worried about scoring goals where he's better than I am in the middle of the field, that kind of thing. Um, but Alan Shear was my idol dude. So like when England scouts and, you know, when Newcastle scouted me in 2007, they were like, yeah, he's kind of like Alan Shear. Like that was the greatest compliment ever. Sarudi. And people think about it mm-hmm. and they're like, he was the unflashiest guy ever. And I'm like, yeah, but how many goals did he score? See, you two didn't know me when I was playing. The only thing I gave a shit about was whether or not I scored. And whether or not we won. But if we won and I didn't score, I was pissed. So my dad still tells everyone, sophomore year of high school, I got the car. And all of a sudden I looked at him. He's like, so how do you want to get better? And I looked at him and said, I want to score as many goals as possible. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, it was just a light bulb went off. I was like, I'm done doing step overs and all this bullshit and fancy shit. I just want to score goals. I just want to score as many goals as possible. So I, it's hard to really did like, look at that. But Alan Shear for me was one of my, I, I just love it. And I think the forwards now, so to answer your question, are better. They're less one-dimensional. The less, uh, the more unpredictable. You know, they can play by themselves up front as a number nine. They don't need to play with someone else. You know, Michelle, you played the sports. Oftentimes, you needed someone next to me. I needed someone to play off of. A lot of these guys, they're like, put them up by themselves and they'll score goals. That's, that's a real talent. The games, games evolve that way. 
Michelle, you take it from here. I know you, you want to ask about David Beckham, right? Well, Taylor, I saw that you interviewed David Beckham recently, mm-hmm. and yep. we know in the soccer world, fashion is very important. The aesthetic, yep. the vibe, it's very important. When you interview someone like David Beckham, who you know is going to bring it in the fashion department, do you dress differently? Uh, I didn't wear pants for the interview, if that answers your <laughs> oh. question. I was oh, in man. my own house, right? I was like, right. you know, it's COVID. It's, I'm in my own environment. I was like, yeah, whatever. And um, David, well, David changed fashion in sports. I'd argue with a lot of people on that, right? Yeah, Like right. Tattoo, tattoos became in when Big David time. Beckham did it. Like people forget David changed a lot. He's a trendsetter. He knows that. He, this interview was so unique because he doesn't get an opportunity to just talk the game. And so when I reached out to him, I said, we're not going to talk about anything celebrity-wise. And he was like, what? Seriously? I was like, yeah, let's just talk the game. Let's talk what you're doing in Miami. He responded, yes, I'll do the interview tomorrow. So I think his engagement of being team president now, taking over, Michelle, you got, I I saw a different side of the, you know, I've interviewed Beckham probably five, six times in my life of doing this. And this one was this one was the first transparent David Beckham I ever got. I did not get any kind of speak. I got real talk. I got someone that came right from the training field. He wore a simple top. He was the soccer guy, David Beckham. And quite frankly, I enjoyed it a little bit more because I knew there wasn't any jargon. It was just him and I talking the game. So we enjoyed it. But when I did interview him, and I knew it was full body on camera. Mm-hmm. I knew I, I would always go different than what I knew he was going to do. So you would zag. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Like you can't, if, if you know, he's always going to be in a three piece suit. I ain't, I'm not doing that. You're Get a handsome here. dude, but I don't know if you're going to beat him in his own game. He is David. Ben. Oh, Let's be honest. Dude. Self-awareness, underrated quality. Respect <laughs> to you, Twoman. Yeah. Like, first off, it's the before and after I was, I'm David before the tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, yes. Exactly. So before we let you go, Taylor, you know that I ride for St. Louis as hard as you do all the time. As you can see behind Saruti, I've already sent him a St. Louis City SC scarf. I am trying to get him on board big time, but I need you to give him the sales pitch. Tell Saruti why this is going to be an amazing club that he needs to back. Saruti, there is one city in the United States of America where soccer is in the fabric of the city. Only one city and everyone in New Jersey and everyone in Virginia and everyone in Washington, D.C. and everyone else in New York can come at me because there's <laughs> very few cities. Actually, let me rephrase that. There's no city that's been part of the U.S. soccer scene since the 1930s, the way St. Louis has. And when you look at the 1950 World Cup team, that says it all. I will say this. You don't even have to sell St. Louis City and the players that they're going to sign. Because the city is literally going to show up there and they are going to boo, which to Rudy, I know you better than anyone. If they don't play the right way and they don't win and they don't do things the right way, that city's going to embrace them, but they're going to let them know because that city more so than the St. Louis Blues is a soccer city. They've all been ingrained in soccer. Everybody. Mm -hmm. The the amateur games, my state championship, 10,000 kids, 9,000 people. At a state high school soccer championship, it's like in what, 1995, the entire city loves the sport more than anything else. And it's ingrained in the culture, which is going to surprise the absolute hell out of a lot of people. However, it's also going to put a ton of pressure on Carolyn and, and that group to make sure they put together a winner right away because the city's going to be like, no, that's that's not the city that we love. And that's not the, they're not playing the right way. I don't doubt it for a second because 
listen, I know a lot of people, I know you too, obviously St. Louis ties. So I'm maybe I'm biased here, but I don't feel like anybody rides for their city the way people from St. Louis do. Like someone at ESPN, I won't name names. I don't know. If, did he do it to your face, Michelle? But basically yeah, just no. poo-pooed all over St. Louis. And mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> but St. Louis people, I swear, they, they're do people, I know this their person? teams. You may. I'll face. tell you off the air. Don't worry about he it. He didn't do it to my face. He said it on the air on a different show. And then all of a sudden everyone was like, did you see this? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do about it? And I was like, Fighting words. okay, clearly he's never been here. Clearly he doesn't know what's up. <laughs> no, I mean, first off, I want to make this abundantly clear. Nobody rides St. Louis for St. Louis like Michelle does. It's true. Okay. Oh, you She's the biggest homer I know. Right. <laughs> and, and that's why I love her. I have been uber critical of St. Louis because I think St. Louis at times has been behind the eight ball. And when I go to Mm -hmm. Kansas City and Kansas City is more diverse, more inclusive, more vibrant than St. Louis, Missouri, I'm like, hold on here. St. Louis, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. That's never happened in my lifetime. And now it has. So I've been uber critical of St. Louis on that aspect. But when you play there, there's not a, when I talk to Chris Prongers of the world, Saruti, and all of these guys, not from St. Louis that play there, they don't leave. Why? Because it just is what it is. There's something there. And there's very few fan bases that love you as long as you're wearing that Jersey. Honestly, honestly, they, do you hit 250 and make 45 errors as a second baseman, but you somehow win. They kind of love you in St. Louis. It's kind of beautiful. You could stay there forever. You, if you I was at game here, four. You can stay there forever. Michelle, game four, swept by the Red Sox. Ooh, I know brutal. many of friends that went and partied with the Red Sox fans. Yeah, that's right. Well, you <laughs> know what? That was a tip of the cap. You guys have endured the pain. You get that moment. You get that moment. <laughs> and we're okay. going to go party with you, even that's though right. our team just got swept. Anyways, right. I digress. Okay, I have one more thing for you before we let you go. Yeah. Now that you are the number one overall pick, we've talked about Amazing. the houses. What is your party jam? What song are you turning wow. on to get the house hyped? Oh my God, you're not doing this right now. You don't even give me a heads up. No, because I i mean, you're the number one overall pick. You've got the skills. This is your time to shine. You need to think about what you're going to turn on. You need to open up your phone, unlock, plug in the aux cord, pull up the Spotify. What's the jam? You're setting the tone. I mean, you guys, I, I mean, dear Lord. <laughs> I mean, right out the top of my head, I have a bunch of Beastie Boys. I'm thinking that kind of thing. But then all of a sudden, I think, if you put on 50 Cent in the club, <laughs> does it ever lose? No. no. It's going to no. play. No. Does it ever lose? Good because call. everyone in our generation, guys, we all hear that and go, okay. It's unbelievable. I'm in. Instantly wants to make up. you rage, for sure. It, I was thinking- instantly, it instantly makes you just let go. I'll say yeah. that'll be the first song in House Rudy. The second song, I think this is the ultimate. As soon as I hear this, I'm doing shots and it's going to get weird. Is pop that French Montana. <laughs> oh, great song. <laughs> Easily. Great. And you know what? I can see your entire house killing it yep. to pop that. Yep. French Damien Woody. Like, it will, Damien Woody. Yeah. Diana, she's in. She's into the French Montana. Now, the question would be Diana's choice. Yeah. Because she, she would throw the wrinkle in there where all of a sudden you'd be like, you know, I never thought of that. They bet, that might have been the better choice. Bruce Springsteen. I was going to say, there, is there a Jersey <laughs> connection? I don't know. Absolutely. Right. But the moment you play 50 Cent in the club, everybody's going to go, oh, shit. I kind of wish I was in that house. Yeah, it's pretty good. I thought you were going to go E.I. Nelly, which also plays all the time. 
It does, but that's kind of like too in the weeds for us in the loo, isn't it? Like, I don't know. That was a pretty. You know what big I mean? Hit. It was a banger. Ride with me, maybe if you're outside. I don't know. <laughs> if you're outside, yeah, because you know it's kind of a summertime song. Oh, if you're barbecuing outside, yeah. definitely. If we're barbecuing outside, it's a completely different song. <laughs> totally, totally. Yes. If we've got some Bud Lights in the cooler. <laughs> Some steaks on the grill, different. Yeah, you may you may have Bud Lights in the cooler. I'm not sure this house has Bud Lights in the cooler. But if you're having a barbecue situation, perhaps. Yeah, I look like a White Claw guy, don't I? You do kind of look like a White Claw. Yeah, you look like an you look like an ad for White Claws right now. You literally look like there's no laws when you're drinking claws. That's the vibe you're. We need to make that happen. Actually, that's a good call. That's yeah. You should be the pitch man for White Claws. What are they thinking? Uh, I don't know what they're thinking. They're not. <laughs> Get your shit together, White Claw. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Taylor, you are the best. Thank you for taking the time to do this. And everyone needs to watch you on Sports Nation. We're so proud of you and the growth that you've had in this industry. And we love seeing you on your new show. Number one overall pick in the Saruti house is literally going to be ingrained on my tombstone. <laughs> and then everyone's going to go there, you know, all three people, and look at it and go, who's Saruti? And then it's going to say under it, the man. Yep. The man. It's uh, Twelman's. He's had a lot of accomplishments in his career, but this is definitely number one. This will take this takes the cake. No joke. It honestly feels like it's the greatest thing I've ever done. Exactly. We You're need man, to get dude. it on your Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, we do. Steve, I could have talked to Taylor Twelman for two hours. Again, I feel like you won the poll. I said this, but I wouldn't change mine for a thing. And Twelman, again, probably top five. Want to just sit down and have a beer with guy because. He was almost more pumped, not, and we were super pumped to have him on, but he was almost more pumped to be on than we were even to have him on, which is insane because he's Taylor freaking Twelman. But right. that's just how good of a guy he is, and that's why he's at my Airbnb. That's why we're hanging out and just drinking all weekend and having a great time, making memories. What's up? <laughs> making those memes. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to have to have Taylor on again soon because I feel like we had to keep it to a certain amount of time because, like we said, you're a busy guy. You had things to go, places to see, or people to see, places to go. I don't even know. But, um, One of those things. One of those things, one of those things, but I feel like we just scratched the surface with Taylor. So we're going to have to have him on again soon. I know one of the things that I didn't get to ask him and we were texting with him afterwards and I said, you need to come on again. And he's like, anytime. So we're going to have Twelman on again because he's just a great hang again, why I won probably the draft, right. but we didn't even get into the, he, he played in Germany when he was, I think 19, 18, 19 years old. He was an American playing for a German team in the Bundesliga. I just wonder what that was like. That's why now everybody, now Pulisic does it. we got 56 dudes who are playing abroad, but Twelman was one of very few guys back in the day who was doing that at such a young age. There's got to be weird German stories from Twelman, right? I'm partying, I don't know, beer fest, all that's Oktoberfest. There's got to be something there. Lederhosen. Leader, what's leader? I don't know what that is. Should I know what that is? Google it. It's like the outfit. Oh, that's okay. Yes, I didn't know what it was called, but yes, right? I've always wanted to go to beer fest and Oktoberfest. Isn't it called Lederhosen? I mean, it sounds right, but it's also very German. Lederhosen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's the weird stocking thing. Yes, done. Lederhosen. And that little, little funny hat. You know? I could totally see Twelman wearing Lederhosen. He's there and he's getting into the spirit of, what is it called? Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, yeah. I've yeah. always wanted to go. I know. I said German fest. Where's my head today? Beer fest. Underrated movie too, by the way. I love that movie. I don't totally know random. I've seen that. Speaking of the guy that I was mentioning, Farva from Super Troopers, same cast. It was awesome. Underrated movie. Uh, that Really quickly, that just makes me think. I think Germany is the one place that I have not been that I most want to go. 
Really? I thought you always said New Zealand or Australia because of Lord of the Rings. Well, I do want to go there, but I, <laughs> but I'd rather, I, I do want to go there. Yes. And I want to see Hobbitville or Hobbit Town. but I also, I'd rather go to Germany. I mean, Germany, going to Germany for Oktoberfest or to go to games or yeah. whatever seems like a really cool spot. It probably just edges out France. I'm not, I want to go to France, but I think I want to go to Germany more. So I've only spent time in the Frankfurt airport, so I can't speak to Germany. But Huge France. German girl right here. Yep. Twice I've been in the Frankfurt airport, but I will tell you this, France is the bomb. France is the bomb. I love yeah. this. the Southern part of France, Monaco, Nice, Monte Carlo, incredible. You know, you obviously have wine country in France. Everywhere that I've been in France is. Just have to hit them both. I'll do a Germany, France vacation next when quarantine's over. I need I to go to it. Europe soon. Yeah. Anyway, I'll wear my lederhosen too. on the way there. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Steve, let's get to a review. If you haven't already, please hit the Apple Podcast, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it, preferably five stars, and leave a review like this one from Nathan Hirsch, 23, Steve. It says college basketball, five stars. I really enjoy this pod. However, this most recent episode, Burger Test, is a must listen for any college basketball fan. I'm cackling at the Illinois and Big Ten takes. It goes on for no joke, 20 minutes. You keep thinking it's going to end and then it just doesn't. All about how Illinois is the best team and the Big Ten is the best conference. Listening to all of this within hindsight, high comedy. Yeah. Um, in well, hindsight, we definitely went a little too far. And when I say we, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put that one on you. If we're gonna you. be honest, yeah. Fine, I'll take you, know, it. you own that. That's okay. It is what it okay. is. We all make mistakes. It is what it is. I went down with the ship with you, so I'm sorry. I'm bummed I because it. I got too excited. I got too excited. And I, I got excited for you, and I was like, oh, I don't want to miss out on this awesomeness. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in on the bandwagon too, and boom first weekend we're out so that's cool uh, <laughs> i have been told steve at times that my excitement is contagious and that i am very I see that. and i think you you're if i feel it i really feel it you know i just am not it's hard for me and i had not felt that in a long time what's the I right word you're not in the moment you're not gullible that's not the that's not what i'm but you no, i am i am okay maybe you are gullible but that's not they the word i'm looking me. for but it's in the same way that you, again, all these things, they're not independent of each other. You're really into astrology and palm readings and they, you just get caught up in that emotion. We also get caught up in the emotion of the Illini, right? And thinking, oh my God, this is our year. It has to be. Look at the stars are aligning. And in mm -hmm. fact, they weren't aligning. They lost in the second round to a team they should have beat. You know what it is, Steve? I think I'm an eternal optimist, right? Like I want- yeah, And I'm the opposite. It which is weird win, right they give me one shade that they can do it and i'm like it's happening we have one guy come on the pod and he's like you're gonna win the lottery and then when the mega millions numbers came out steve i legitimately was like these numbers are wrong yeah why did i not why why am i not a billionaire this is, i was sense. told that i was going to win <laughs> i was supposed to come into some money what's happening yeah, like what's i was told on? by the palm reader by the astrologist that i was gonna win I'm the lottery sorry. you go back to the gas station you're like excuse me you sold me a fraudulent <laughs> ticket you owe me a couple million dollars so sorry. i literally i scanned them at the gas station and then i made my dad look up the numbers because i was like maybe i'm typing it in wrong and my dad was like you didn't win <laughs> yeah this is this is why i shouldn't have followed you on the illinois train but i did it as a friend because i knew it would be fun if we went on a ride together but unfortunately we crashed early they were a number one seed, okay? It's not like I convinced you to pick an eight seed. They were a number one seed. In their defense, too, there's no way that fucking Loyola should have been an eight seed. <laughs> they were good. Illinois should have won the game and is probably a more talented team, but that was not an eight seed. That was absurd. They got screwed in the seating. They were criminally underseated. A lot of people think Illinois got jobbed because they wanted the TV ratings and they wanted the in-state rivalry and the storylines, and I get that. But at the end of the day, Steve... 
Loyola had a game plan. They stuck to it to perfection and they put on a clinic. They were the better team that day. And I'm not going to be excuses McGee over here because no, if, take if, that Illinois, if Illinois is going to win a national championship, they're going to have to beat a bunch of good teams to do it. So I don't want to hear it from any of my fellow Illini that want to complain about the seating. Yeah. And in hindsight too, at least you could fall back on you're not Missouri. So but thank you to the likely Mizzou <laughs> fan that sent a review cackling at what was at the time. I had, to, I had to twist that in there. I had to, I had to put that in there. Come on. And I have know, nothing against you, Mizzou fan. It's just funny. I don't understand it either because I love Coach Drink and I love Conzo Martin. I like Mizzou. I just don't actively cheer for them. But yeah. when they have success, I'm happy for them. It's no. a weird dynamic, Steve. But anyway. Well, I would say there's always next year. But there won't be. There will not be next year because I'm never picking them again to win because maybe that's not true. If they were one seed next year, you'd pick them again. <laughs> that's not, I know you. there's no way that's not true at all. No, Steve, because maybe it's me. Maybe if I turn my back on them, like maybe if I if I cheer silently inside and I just let it unfold like a beautiful flower as an observer, that's when they do it. Well, that's what I do. Whenever my teams are in it, I bet against my teams because I know that I can't have nice things when it comes to sports. Yeah. So either they win and that's great or they lose and I win money. So I bet against my team all the time. Well, to be totally, totally transparent, I got very caught up in the blues and the blues had not won in over 50 years, Steve, and they were definitely cursed definitely and the blues the season that they won were in dead last place and they came back and it was this magical ride and they won the stanley cup and i kept saying to randy character my co-host i'm like if the blues who were from a talent standpoint a lesser team at points during their season than illinois can do it illinois can definitely do it and he was like oh yeah they could do it definitely they could but mm. they did not but you know what again i this is very important that i need to say before we wrap up the pod because i thought about this when we were talking about the sopranos and i was thinking about nba players i will be remiss if i don't say this even though it ended early i am very proud of that team they were an awesome team with a yeah. lot of talent i will always love io and kofi and respect them for coming back and for wanting to leave a legacy at illinois and i think the team is poised for great things in the future and i'm very proud of them and it was a very fun ride while it lasted until the very last game that sucked but michelle's not going to be on the bandwagon in the future <laughs> <laughs> no no someone can take my seat anyway thank you again to taylor twelman for joining us it was a great conversation thank you to everyone for listening steve and i will be back in action next week but until then steve ill i'm a huge baseball guy now Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app. 